0: Alright, hello and welcome to another edition of Pioneer Pigskin. My name is Eric Jensen. This is going to be a quick episode today. We didn't get one out last week. Apologies for that. I got massively sick last Sunday. But we are back now. Austin, unfortunately, not able to join us today. Had some Wi-Fi issues. He will be back when we reconvene. I did want to get something out because we will be taking the week off Next week, as BYU and Utah do not play, so I just wanted to very quickly run through the the three games that went down over the the weekend here within the state of Utah uh, between uh, Utah State, Utah, and BYU, and uh, I uh, I feel like we can do that pretty quickly here. Starting with Utah, obviously. Head to Corvallis Friday night. Lose 21-7 to Oregon State. Still no Cam Rising. It's unclear what his status is right now. It feels like that's very murky at the moment. A lot of people think maybe he'll be back after bye-bye. I think the most likely scenario is they're trying to get him ready for USC. But just another very bad night for the offense. Nate Johnson has... His worst game, as a arguably didn't turn the ball over, but horribly inaccurate, 8-for-23, only averaged four yards a pass. They bring in Bryson Barnes. He gets hurt. He also throws a pick. It's just not looking good. No Jaquindon Jackson. They can't do anything on the ground again. There's a big enough sample size to say this about Utah at this point, and that is that the offense is just unwatchable. And it, it, it it's really been, I think, a, a terrible job by the coaching staff of getting things schemed up for for as much hype as Andy Ludwig gets. He, he has not done a lot to make this offense watchable through four weeks of the season. It, it also doesn't make much sense if if Utah knew that Cam Rising was going to miss time, that they they didn't go out and pursue a uh, a decent backup more heavily within the transfer portal. Now, yes, it's it's a tough sell. You're it's a tough sell to go out and say, "Hey, when Cam Rising gets back, this is going to be his gig." But you have to roll out there with someone that you're confident in and. You weren't confident in Bradson Barnes. He he didn't last more than two weeks. And Nate Johnson, for as as many good flashes as he's shown, it, it's just clear he has not played a lot of FBS football and is really struggling right now. The Brandon Rose injury sucks, but that's a lot of hype from a fan base. I think because Brandon Rose had also never played any FBS football. At a high level, we don't really even know what he'd look like. Just because he had a good spring game doesn't mean that he was going to be a game changer at quarterback. It's just unfortunate. It, it it is unfortunate because this just feels like a wasted Utah season at this point. I came into the year thinking maybe nine and three. I think that's optimistic at this point. I I think that the offense, the way it's currently set up is not set up to compete with several teams within the pack 12 through the rest of the slate. The schedule gets tougher over the next few weeks. You have Cal after bye-bye. Hopefully you win that one, but then USC and Oregon back to back. And I I just see no way that Utah wins either of those games at this point, even if they, they get considerably healthier over that time span and then you you go to arizona state hopefully that's a win and then washington and then arizona and colorado are total toss-ups colorado played an excellent game of football yesterday after a shaky first half and hung in there with usc they have an offense they can hang with this utah team utah might have an advantage up front they might make it a long day for Shadur sanders but Utah's not going to blow anyone out the way Oregon did to to Colorado. And and that game is going to remain very, very close because Colorado's just a well-coached team. Nine wins seems optimistic. I, I, I feel like eight feels much more realistic but even that you, you I just don't you don't pick out automatic wins on, on the schedule. I mean Arizona hopefully Jaden Delore is back for that game. They 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 have some quarterback depth though the guy who played for them last night was pretty solid against Washington. It's just a disappointing year for Utah. It really is they, you know a generational defense but a team that by and large, just wasn't deep enough and and certainly didn't have the offensive weapons, to be completely honest with you, to compete in one of the most high-flying offensive leagues in the nation. And that's one thing Utah is really going to have to do going into the Big 12. Listen, I'm sorry, but they don't have, and they haven't for the, the good portion of the last five years, they don't have elite wide receiving talent. They don't. You you can say what you want about Mikey Matthews. He's a tough guy, but he has not produced since the Baylor game. Devon Vele has done almost nothing this season, despite fighting through injuries. Money Parks is hardly involved in this offense. They do not have weapons. They have no weapons. Brant Keith, he still hasn't played. Thomas Yasmin has been invisible for most of the year they have no weapons. They've done a terrible job at recruiting depth as far as skill position weapons go. And frankly, Utah is not going to be able to keep it up in the Big 12 if they don't fix that because the Big 12 is a high scoring offensive league. And yes, you can have a great defense, but we've seen what that does for Kansas State. Kansas State has a great defense, but they are not competing for that conference every year because they don't have the offensive guns to keep up with teams like UCF, who is putting up huge amounts of points, and Baylor, who can score it will it seems. And, you know, Oklahoma State has a decent offense this year. There are just so many good offenses within the Big 12. You can't go in with, with a team that struggles to score over 21 points, which, by the way, the Utes have only done two times this year, one of them against an FCS opponent. They don't have a run game, which is a huge problem. Jalen Glover has not performed the way he needs to. Jaquindon Jackson is about as injured as they come. It's just a tough look for Utah right now. Uh, not 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 great. And we'll see how the rest of the season plays out. But the defense to play the way they were, it just sucks, Cam Torres ACL in that game. Because this team with him, healthy, coming back, they could have been a college football playoff contender, but they, they just don't have the guns offensively. Brand Keithy, I, I'm afraid he he doesn't play for a while. I mean, there's been no reporting on him. Kyle Whittingham has kept his mouth pretty shut on him. I don't think he'll come back anytime soon. That feels like something that could potentially mess with his career. It It's just, It's it's, it's very disappointing. It's, it's tough Utah you know great program well coached great defense but they have not recruited well offensively that has become wildly clear over the past few years and without a game-changing quarterback they're, they're nowhere near competing and you know for what we say about this defense they got absolutely bullied by the Oregon State offensive line this defensive line did I mean, they ran for 131 yards, which was is is very good against Utah's defense. D.J. Uyonglele lit up to Travis Brown for most of the night. The defense was not good at all. And if that's the way they're going to play against Oregon State, you have to be worried about how they're going to play against a high-powered USC team and a high-powered Oregon team and a high-powered Washington team. It's... It's not looking great for Utah right now. The, the the season outlook is meh at best. BYU gets a win against Cincinnati. Not much to talk about in this one. Keaton Flovis looked fine, made a few really head scratching throws, almost had a costly interception. The run game takes off a little bit for BYU, but still only 70 yards on the ground. They are still not getting the blocking up front that they need. It's it's not great, to be completely honest with you. It's just not, not, not great. Keaton Slovis looks fine. BYU is going to beat up against these bad Big 12 teams. But... You know, it's going to be a battle for them every week, and and we'll see how the rest of the season plays out. One thing I do want to point out with BYU is, it, you know, I, I just talked about Utah's lack of receiving weapons. BYU doesn't have a problem finding them. I mean, Chase Roberts has been a beast this year. Keanu Hill has produced. Darius Lassiter has been a part of the game plan. Isaac Rex, a huge year. That part just makes no sense. In-state, BYU has... All these weapons, they have a wide receiver room that goes almost six deep. And Utah can't can't find one guy that, that's going to be a difference maker. It doesn't make any sense to me. Uh BYU, a great game defensively. Once again, played really well, didn't show up in the stack numbers, but got some good pressures. Max tooley is playing some of the best football of his career right now. BYU looks very, very solid. Their next few coming up, uh, TCU, that'll be a very interesting test. TCU has not looked great over the last few weeks, just lost to West Virginia, but it's at TCU. That'll be a big test. Texas Tech is kind of coming into its own. They had a big win yesterday to kind of get the season back on track. And then Texas three weeks in a row. If BYU can get out of that stretch two and one, that's a massive win. I think it's more likely that they're one and two in that stretch. But those the TCU and Texas Tech game are super winnable for them. If they can win those games and keep it close with Texas, if it's a huge win. BYU's season looks Pretty good. You know, right now, four wins, only two away from a bowl game. I feel pretty confident they're going to get there. Iowa State looked awful yesterday. They still play them. Oklahoma State has had their struggles this year. Bear six wins on this BYU schedule for sure. And that's the BYU talk for the day. And then Ike Larson at Utah State saves the day. Terrible coaching decisions down the stretch by Blake Anderson. Should have lost that game. Ike Larson saves it. Cooper Laga comes back in, plays well. McKay Hill said, hopefully he's healthy again, besides just a real issue. With that, I feel like this short kind of 10 minute version of Pioneer Pigskin is over. I appreciate you bearing with me. I suck at solo podcasts, I'm very awful of them. Uh, but I feel like this one went shockingly well. So we will check back in with you in two weeks' time when Utah and BYU are back playing until then enjoy the rest of the week and we will be back this week with more Enzo podcast episodes until then we will see you next time peace out